Hello, hello, hello. We are live. It is time for the Comics Pals show where we talk about comics. It is time for Pals Pulls. We got Kale. What's up, hot dogs? We have Marco. And I say nay. <laughs> I'm Sean. Uh, and we are here to talk about five. How many? Five of the week's biggest comics. We have Geiger, Ground Zero, number one. We have The Immortal Thor, number four. We've got uh, The Return Again of Superior Spider-Man with Superior Spider-Man number one. We have The Deviant, number one, a new horror story, of course, from James Tinian. And uh, the listener pick this week was The Outsiders, number one. Ooh, Marco get all his physical this week, huh? You would not believe how difficult that was to do over here. Man, they do. There's one shop in all of Montreal that carries weekly floppies. Oh, wow. Wow, that uh, that is crazy. I don't know how they do it over there. All graphic novels. Yeah, sounds like they don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. All right. Let's uh let's let's jump right into Geiger. So this is this is Geiger Ground Zero written by Jeff Johns with um art by Gary Frank. They are of course listed as creators, but that's the role they served. Uh Brad Anderson on colors, Rob Lee on the letters. And this is the first book with the Ghost Machine branding. Mm-hmm. The first uh what the first what was um what was it called before um the unnamed no no ghost oh, ghost something i forgot what 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 it was called before Je- the jeff johns verse before what oh mad ghost yeah there you go mad ghost um and now it's ghost machine so ghost machine is the new thing they kept the the ghost idea but um this issue is really the secret origin of geiger in the sense that this is where we are learning the history behind how we got to Geiger. Um, and uh, I found it to be pretty compelling. I liked it a lot. Kale, I know you weren't as big on Geiger as it was coming out. Did this do anything for you? Not really. Mm. Um, I still, uh, you know... Jeff Johns can still very clearly tell a story. I think this this is a very, very, you know, uh, good, put together, good comic book. This comic book was put together very well. It's very competent. Obviously, it's Jeff Johns and Gary Frank and team. Um, but I just, I cannot connect with Geiger I just something in this for me just doesn't work is is it the 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 nature of the the setting like the the individual players because because I feel like the I'm a fan of you know post-apocalyptic I like the the character design is there something like within the those elements uh I don't know I'm not positive I just um I couldn't connect with it the first time around, and even this time, I just didn't. I just couldn't, uh, couldn't, couldn't get it. 
Um, I, I had I had fun with this issue. Uh, a large portion of it felt as kind of retelling. So some of it, uh, I kind of appreciated yeah. that. I was like, oh, okay, that's right. This is who this character is. That's right. That's his name. Like Because it's been such a long time in between. So I did appreciate those elements for the fact that um, I got a bit of a refresher. Um, but yeah, I mean, otherwise it was as solid as a Geiger issue would have been. If anything, uh, uh, this may be less so than the run, only because it felt uh, a bit like repetition or stuff that I've seen before. But that's not a knock on the quality of it. Well, so let's let's talk about what actually happens. Um, and I, I guess I found myself, I, I was I was struggling to connect with exactly who we were supposed to be following early on it wasn't until we started following uh Tariq himself Tariq Geiger um where I started to connect more because everybody else in the in the early you know first few pages they're just wearing hazmat suits and you know I don't remember these people from anything so if they're characters that we're supposed to know I didn't um and I I think I, I feel like this maybe could have used a few a couple more pages up front just to um just to kind of help better establish at least for me who we were dealing with but the stuff with Tariq and his care for his family this is where i think jeff johns as a writer really really shines is the way that he can bring heart to these types of of stories and characters where it's like you know look 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 at the look at this cover right this is a a, a dude you know, an atomic man, a radioactive man with sticks. That's cool as hell, right? And that's what you want to see. You want to see what the radioactive man does. But in this issue, what I connected most with wasn't with what the radioactive man does. It's with what Tariq Geiger felt and what his family was going through and what he was willing to do and sacrifice for his family. And I think that's the Jeff Johns effect is being able to make you connect with these characters on a deep emotional level. Uh, so the art, of course, the 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 Gary Frank art is tremendous. Um, he just never never misses. And I think you know when you're talking about just the Ghost Machine books in general, but Geiger in particular and Junkyard Joe, it really is just a visual feast. Like it's crazy how good Gary Frank is at this. He's just good at rendering things. Like this, you know, I can't. Uh, there's nothing to knock. He's just good and consistently good. Mm. The the one call out is uh, the, and, and more so a shout out, but there's a few paid uh, or there's one one page spread in particular. Uh, where he just like rips everybody apart. Love it. Good stuff. Yeah. Did, hey, uh, did that? Did the audio issue just fix there? Uh, you guys that are saying there's an audio issue in the chat. Hello, chat. How are you guys doing? Um. Yeah, there there are a lot of really cool moments throughout the book. Um, this is this is my pick of the week, and. I will say that this was a weaker week than I thought it was going to be overall. Um, 
But of all the books that we read, I mean, well, The Deviant was actually really good. But I thought this was really good. I don't know. I connected with both books a lot. I just love this yeah. world that's being built. So I think that's why The Edge goes to Geiger for me. I think there was less new here than we got with uh, The Deviant. But from a visual standpoint, Gary Frank is just completely undefeated. And, you know, I, I, I do want more of this world. I've been waiting a long time for some more Geiger stuff. Um, yeah, go ahead, Kale. Yeah, yeah. It's like you said, you know, Jeff Jeff and Gary know exactly how to tug on your emotions and, and do all the um uh, all the things to make this a, a, a great comic. Um but yeah, for me it just it, I'm just not into this. Well, that's yeah. unfortunate. Go ahead, Marco. I'm just going to say, give me more. I want it. Yeah. I'm hoping, well, I will say, I'm hoping that the second issue is going to, um, is going to get a little bit deeper. Um, you know, I want to see more. This, this, this felt like it, it needed a few more pages. It's still gonna be uh his his origin yeah right yeah so that'll probably be the uh the extra pages it's just interesting because um you know we're we're like something is gonna have to happen here that in my mind that dovetails nicely into the the geiger ongoing that we're gonna be getting uh, down the road so I'm wondering what is that going to be are we going to like how are we going to get to that place um, go ahead Marco I, I was going to say that that's a great point because I mean after reading this and assuming you know this is going to be the rest of the origin I don't know that it will uh, directly connect I think it's these are like the two zero issues you know you're they come after the fact you're just Here's a, here's a general retelling. Here's getting you back into the world upon Ghost Machine relaunch. That's the way that I'm I'm feeling this book is, or what that book is driving towards is, hey, reminder, Geiger's uh, a part of this. Uh, it's already come out previously. We're going to relaunch it. Here are the important details you need to know. Yeah. And let's hit the ground running. I love all the, all the Junkyard Joe references. Junkyard Joe's everywhere. Like in this universe, Junkyard Joe is like, well, we've, we, you know, we've talked about it before, but Junkyard Joe is like a, a comic strip hero that kids love. And, you know, the kids in this book are playing with toys. Tariq, Tariq's kids, they're playing with, um, with Junkyard Joe, you know, toys. And um, I just, I love all those references. Like this is a new burgeoning universe, but there's already stuff to like catch. Yeah. I think it's also good world world building because yeah. you know that oh this is a popular character this has existed for a few years and I I wonder if uh, there aren't going to be more references to some of the older to or rather like older timeline wise in the universe um, like Red Coat that's going to be coming out uh, and how that might tie into some of the future stuff if they're going to even be doing references back. It, it feels like, oh, this is a cohesive universe out the gate. Right, exactly. And 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 the 
the unnamed verse aspect of it, I think, is. Because this is the stuff that was being worked on before the Ghost Machine expansion. So I think this is probably all going to feel as narratively cohesive as it can because of the people that are the architects. I mean, who knows how to set up a universe or understands the mechanics of a universe better than someone like Jeff Johns who played at the highest level of the DC sandbox. And frankly, who can bring it to life? All of the creators that they pull out. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, easy pick for me. Is it easy pull rather? Is it pick of the week? I, I think I'm going to have to ruminate on it and see how we talk about the deviant. But right now, uh, right now, Geiger is that for me. And coming into this conversation, Geiger was that for me. Uh, I'm mm. excited for the next one. Yeah. Uh, it's past for me, unfortunately. Mm. Sorry, Jeff. Okay. Kale, we don't accept those opinions. You're off the show. I'm so sorry. Bye. Uh, Amin Perez says, I think this is supposed to explain how Tariq got the glowing sticks to control his power from the Russian scientists. Yes, absolutely. Um, it, it does do that. Um, you know, it shows us it shows us the um, the 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 family that ends up trying to uh, threaten Tariq Geiger um and get into the bunker it shows it shows them before that that occurs which i i like that callback um so there there are definitely things happening it's just that i don't know if i care about how he got those sticks um mm. i i like seeing i i honestly i i'm more interested in the origin of Tariq Geiger as a man and the family i don't necessarily care about the sticks Well, when a man loves a woman, and sometimes even when they don't love each other, that's how that's alleged. That's probably how Tariq was born. So, you know what? I'll let Jeff tell it. He's a lot better storyteller than I am. All right, fair enough. Um... You see, you said you want to hear the origin of Tariq. I'd fill you in. Thank you. That I, didn't. Oh, all right. I, yeah. Thanks. Appreciate you. Uh, if you appreciate us, there are many ways that you can show your support and your love. Patreon.com slash the comics pals is the absolute best way to do that. Uh, we are always trying to give you bang for your buck. We've got a newsletter that goes out every single week, an exclusive show called palling around that we put out once a month. Uh, works just uh, just a couple pals, well, not a couple, a little more than a couple, uh, having a good time, talking mostly not comics, um, and being pretty unhinged, if I'm honest, at least uh, at least some of us. Um, of course, on the main show, you get a nickname and a shout out. You get a superhero or a supervillain nickname and a shout out. So a lot of fun stuff happening over there. We are currently. Uh, trying to figure out what our next hangout will be, our next Patreon hangout. So, um, oh yeah, what do y'all want to do? Yeah, talk to us about that. Let us know. Uh, channel members, I see, I see a couple green names in the chat. Shout out to our channel members, y'all are fantastic. Thank you so much. If you want to be a Comics Pals VI pal, you can click the join button on this video or on our channel. I noticed that on YouTube, uh, YouTube Mobile. 
I, I couldn't find it on YouTube Mobile. So if you listen to us on YouTube Mobile, uh, maybe it won't actually appear directly on the video. You might have to just go to our channel, but however it works out, you can definitely find us. Um, join our Discord server. It's a lot of fun. Always some good conversations happening over there. If you want to watch this show live, you can do that every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Saturdays at 10.15 a.m. Eastern for the main show. Lots of MCU news this week. Uh, huge MCU stuff this week. So we'll probably be talking a little bit about that. Um, and a lot more other stuff. A lot more other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, as always. Um, yeah, let's, let's, let's dive into the Immortal Thor number four. Let's talk Thor. Um, this is written by Al Ewing, of course. Who clearly has something to say with this with this Thor dude, uh, with Martin Cocolo on art, uh, Matthew Wilson on the colors. I I'm gonna write to Marvel, um, and I'm gonna ask them to put the put the the creative teams at the beginning of the book of every uh, every uh, every issue. It's so annoying having to find where they put the creative where they where they put the credits at. Uh, and then Joe Sabino on the letters. So Immortal Thor, you know, it's this really just Al and cooking at this point. I feel like, um, you know, this is very much the middle of the arc. That's how I feel. Um, it's not that I dislike it. I still am enjoying what's happening here. Uh, there's a there's a dick measuring contest in this issue between Storm and Thor that. I kind of just don't care about. Um, Storms is bigger, and that's just how it is. I, I I felt that same moment, but I think it there was a moment where it got undercut, which I didn't expect, and I appreciated because because Thor takes the chance to like be like, hold on a second, wait, why are we doing this? Yeah. Like you know, we, we both know we both know we're you know infinitely strong, whatever, whatever. I just need you to sit down and listen. Um, I did appreciate the the pause and that reflection. Um, they kind of still kept going even after that, but uh, at the very least, it, that that was at that point my eyes were kind of just be like, all right, we get it. You got to be fighting and doing all that shit, right? Fine. Um, but I think the at least the acknowledging part is a good note on uh, Ewing's end. Like he's he's aware, and maybe we're not going to get as much of those kinds of things down the road. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're definitely right. It's, it's, it is that dick measuring type of scene, but clearly Thor is not, he has an ulterior motive. He's, he's not trying to engage with that. He's baiting storm basically into helping him. And I think even that was a problem for me because I, I, I don't understand this idea that, Hero, a hero can't just say, hey, Storm, like there's a very serious thing that's about to happen, and I just need your help. It's going to take it's, like five minutes. It's 2023. You can call me, beat me if you want to reach me. Yeah. I, uh, I just. Yo, what, a, what a cultural reference, Kale. <laughs> I just didn't really care for that um, overall. And then, kind of, once, you know, like, first of all, any Tor Tornos page is awesome. I love the way that his pages yeah. are presented. They just have like they're the 
they're kind of the antithesis of the rest of the book, which is so bright and colorful and vibrant. Those pages are the absence of all of that. They're just scope yep. and scale and darkness and, you know, uh, uh, madness. And I love it. Um, and I like sort of seeing the Thor core come together. It's kind of kind of silly and goofy. And I really like Beta Ray Bill in this issue. It, yeah, it was really cool to see that the Daniel Warren Johnson stuff was important. Yeah, yeah. It was addressed at the very least, and that's that's nice. Um, man, the the Thor core stuff almost took me out of the book. If if the the back the last few pages didn't happen, I'd be like biggest eye roll, the 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 loudest sigh because it was it was just almost too much too too much cheese too cheesy mm. yeah i didn't love storm's costume or at least the way it looked in this issue the way it was rendered um i don't know looked looked a little weird for me um the, her, her, thor, her, her thor costume or yeah, her, her thor costume her normal costume was phenomenal but like i don't know it just didn't look as sleek or cool as anything else in the book it looks very to me, it looked sort of blocky. I don't know. Um, a little bulky. Yeah, yeah, bulky is a better word. Um, the pages, though, that Beta Ray Bill, really the one the one page where Beta Ray Bill is, is speaking, though, earlier in the book with Sif, man, Al Ewing packed a lot of good character work into that. Like, if you didn't read the Daniel Warren Johnson Beta Ray Bill, you kind of get the Cliff Notes version of what he emotionally dealt with there, here. Um, and that was really well done. Really, really well done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's wild to think that Al took a a, a page out of uh, Daniel Warren Johnson's book. Yeah. Just little, little bits of really rich dialogue that really tell the story in each sentence you know mm -hmm. absolutely um and uh sorry and then no just uh kokolo i think does a really good job of um there's one panel where he kind of shows the eyes yeah um and there's a bit of softness there uh i, I don't know if it's the same level of emotion you'd get out of daniel warren johnson but you can tell uh, when he's like i who am only a man yeah. he's like ooh, ooh, yeah. okay all right yeah, just really, really great stuff. Um, and then the tease at the end, I mean, it's really not that crazy of a of a tease. I got a kick out of it just because I do um, I do dig this dude. This is the character that everybody thought I thought. Um, uh, what's his name? Christian Bale was going to play in Thor Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah. Um why can't I remember his name right this second? Uh, he's like, he's a minotaur. He's a he's a, a minotaur man. That's the owner of Roxxon. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. He was a he was in the uh, the Jason Aaron stuff. Uh, so it was a tease for him. I guess he'll be returning. I like that. I was really hoping for him to be in Thor: Love and Thunder. So I'm glad to see him making his return. Um, or at least I assume that's who that is. Um, all around a mm. solid issue, but definitely not. 
I, I didn't love it. I didn't love it. Yeah, I would say this is the first weak point for me because it's this team building issue and that's all it is. Right. You know, you get you get the emotional moments simply because they're to give you a the the um the character exposition. Mm. And those moments are great, but you know, it's to lead to a you know, uh, a power pose. Yeah, and that's just that's and worse that power pose doesn't lead to anything at the moment and so that's just not interesting that's fair um this didn't feel like a, a low at least compared to last issue where he was just like stuck in another dimension and he needed to like, like that that felt like it dragged um whereas this one at the very least a bit uh, came back like in an upbeat so I, I did appreciate it at least in comparison to three um, I frankly am interested in the the back, the the last like two three pages, um, and what that could mean. Because, uh, and and I don't know if this is like a, a a character from previous Thor stories. I'm I'm unfamiliar, but it looks like he's uh, Ewing is going to be going kind of meta, and if that's the case, I'm very excited for that because that's not a a spin I've seen with Thor. Um, yeah, I mean, that's the character. That's who I was just talking about. Uh, the, the Roxxon Minotaur. His name is Minotaur. Well, Dario Agar, a.k.a. Minotaur. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know where that's going. I have no idea. I have no idea what to expect from that. Um, but what it shows me is that there's more to this than just what's going on with Torinos right now. Like, that's an aspect of what Thor has to worry about. And that's being dealt with, but there's more to come. And so, you know, I like that at least. Amin in the chat says, uh, I'm going to need a little bit more from Thoranos. Right now it's just Surter 2.0. I'm, I'm with that. You know, it's a it's a big, cool visual, a big, cool villain. He's not doing a ton. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good introduction, though, to if, if there's more with... Um with Roxxon going on, then this is like the hook to be, oh, okay, cool. You know, we're going to get the the cool, bad, the cool, big, bad. He's going to go up. We're going to, you know, momentarily, temporarily form this team. And then we're going to get into the meat of the stuff that I want. And it feels like Ewing tends to do that. He'll get you with that, that first, you know, five, six issues. Opener. Yeah. 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 And then now he's like, all right, you know what? I'm going to say some shit. Uh, Pull. Well, it's a hesitant pull for me. I'm looking forward to the 60-second Thor Corpse versus Tornos fight. That's going to be pretty sick. 60-second? <laughs> yeah, because uh, they can only be that for 60 seconds. Oh, right, right, right. Sorry, I thought you meant they're just going to, like, clock them and that's it. No, yeah, if they don't. If they don't I mean, what else could it be? Like, yeah, it's going to have to be that. 60 seconds. <laughs> otherwise, they're dead. So I'm pretty excited for that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, pull. This is a this is a good pull. Uh, Matt Murphy says, Sean, I had such a hard time with that on Deadpool Seven Samurai in Midtown. I shouldn't have to flip through an issue on the stand to find out who's on art. Yeah, like it's weird because I need to know who's doing every role, and 
you know, they always leave off someone, the letterer, the inker. Someone's always left off the cover if they even put more than just the writer and artist on the cover. If they even credit a creator on a cover, if it's an anthology or something larger like that Deadpool book that you're talking about. So, yeah, there's no consistency to it, and I just never know where to look. It's ridiculous. Um, keeping things Marvel, though, we'll shift gears. We'll talk about Superior Spider-Man, number one. Um, this is written by Dan Slott, with art by Mark Bagley, pencils by Mark Bagley, John Dell on inks, Nathan Stockman um, on art as well. Uh, Edgar Delgado on colors, Joe Caramagna on letters. Um, this is this is the continuation of the Superior Spider-Man Returns book that we read a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago, that we all kind of felt was superfluous. And I specifically remember saying in that review, well, I guess not all of us, Mark collected. I specifically remember saying in that review that... Um, it felt like the origin of the villain and sort of the important beats of that issue could have been told in a flashback. This issue does literally that, and it is absolutely the only thing that you need. That prior issue was a cash grab. So is this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because nothing happens. Again, yep. Doc yep. Ock finds out who Peter Parker is, and then he remembers he's superior Spider-Man. And nothing happens. <laughs> like that's, yeah, yeah. This this one I'll uh, agree is at, at least in comparison to the other one, just because that felt like catching up people who weren't familiar. I'm I wasn't, so that felt like it was a bit more catered to me. But now that we're in it, uh, yeah, this was a bit vapid. Um, I don't know. There wasn't there wasn't much to do. Like yeah, you saved the you saved the people from the falling things. The, the bad guy shoots out some stuff, but uh, otherwise, um, and usually Slot or, uh, tells relatively good stories in these universes, um, but this one didn't hook me. There wasn't, I, I, I found myself kind of wandering as I read this issue. So it's got, it's got Peter and Spider-Boy who is, you know, essentially Peter's sidekick, um, who is from another universe, I guess, where he was Peter's sidekick. And no one knows that here. So he went through all these adventures with Peter that no one here knows about, not even Peter. Um, and it's those two trying to deal with Supernova, who was a villain that was created by Superior Spider-Man, who hates Spider-Man, just doesn't realize that the Spider-Man that she hates isn't Spider-Man anymore. So it's kind of a weird, uh, complicated situation. Ultimately, I just don't find any of this that compelling. And as much as this is taking place now, because of the fact that it's, it's tethered to the Superior Spider-Man storyline, it feels like something that's in the margins of that. Or like it's a continuation of that and that only. And because of that, it feels irrelevant. It feels like there's just not a lot that they're allowed to do. And it's such a weird specific story. And I don't think it really matters that... Like, let me ask you this question. Does it matter 
that Doc Ock, I guess, is going to become Superior Spider-Man again if he's not in Peter's body. Because that was the whole gimmick. Yep. Well, can he? That, well, that's certainly attached to the question. Yeah, like, like that's where I'm at. Is like, can he even at this point? Like, like what's the... What is going to be the next step here? Is he going to reclaim the body and now he's going to continue to be that Spider-Man? Or from from what I'm from what I'm gathering based on the reveal, or rather the um, what you call it the the fact that he found out who Spider-Man is, that he's just going to use that information, you know, grab a bunch of villains, try to knock him out, show him that he's superior, uh, and like claim the mantle. But you know he'll get beat, whatever, whatever, and then that's it. This is going to be a a six issue, seven issue run or something. But even still, like the first time he did it, he literally had to kill Peter Parker to make that happen. So how are we going to progress here? Well, uh-huh. it doesn't have legs. It the. The other thing is that Doc Ock pulled off something that's supposed to be incredibly special, right? Mm -hmm. Like, he beat Spider-Man, and the reward for that, I guess, is that he was able to get this body, but the punishment for that was that Peter was still there. You know, Peter's consciousness was still there. I didn't read it, right? But all of that sounds pretty compelling, but this is the concept of the name, all right? The name, the costume, everything else stripped, devoid of the meaning and value and intrigue that the original run had. Everybody involved in this top down is very talented, but there's just nothing here. There's just nothing here. And you want to talk about value? Bruh. Can you see that? Can you see what that says? $5.99. Did I get value? I don't know, man. Well, you got two stories, Marco. Oh, you're right. That's right. Actually, I'm happy again. No, you're right. Two whole doses of Spider-Boy. <laughs> oh, that's right. And the back half was Spider-Boy. Dude, I don't care about this kid. Homie, the front half was Spider-Boy. I, I, I appreciate it. It's a cute concept. I, I like how he's all jazzed about it. And he's like excited. Oh, I'm going to be Spider-Man's you know, buddy and... Uh, um, little, little, little minion, I guess, but um, not compelling. And and for 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 the cost of this, you're 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 pulling on people's nostalgia of a run that what only ended maybe a few years back. Has it even been ten years with of Superior? Like, yeah, this is for the ten year anniversary. Yeah, that's, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, there you go. All right, so, yeah. All right. Uh, Amin Perez says it doesn't make sense. The ending of the original run was that Peter is actually the superior Spider-Man. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that again, like everything that made that special and cohesive is just not here. And and what's like? Are we just gonna have to watch Doc Ock learn that again? Yeah, because he got his memories back. He knows he got his ass whooped, right? I guess. Unless he decides he's like, oh, I'm going to learn from my mistakes. I don't know. Actually, wait. Thinking this through, it's getting a little messy. A little. Getting. (laughs) 
It's been and a lot. <laughs> uh, what's up, Gavin? Welcome, Gavin. Doing great stuff on um, Superman seventy eight. I think it's called. Yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's good stuff. The I picked, Iron, the Iron Curtain. Yeah, yeah. I picked that up. That was good. Um, Chillmonger, what is up? Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Y'all are great. Um, I pass on this and I, I strongly like, look, I think even if you loved superior and I'm saying that as someone again, who did not read it, I think even if you loved it, this is tough to justify. This feels a lot like just selling, trying to sell more spider boy comics and benefit from the fact that people have nostalgia for something that they really loved 10 years ago. This is to me, the kind of nostalgia book that I actively want to avoid. Um, and I have no nostalgia for this era, so it's all the worse. It's an easy pass. Yeah, a hard pass. Like I, and I'm a massive superior fan. I just don't get what's here. What are they mining? And also, it's Mark Bagley, and we are, I can't stand it. I, I feel messed up. I didn't even say anything about the art. I don't. I. I don't have anything to say about the art. Like we've seen, it, it's just playing. It's playing the hits. It's playing the hits. I like Stockman stuff on the Spider Boy stuff in the back. I thought that was cool and unique, and it seemed to fit the character uh, really well. And even um, the sort of transition between the Spider Boy and the sort of common Coley inspired mm. superior. Uh, in the back, mm -hmm. that sort of transition between those two characters that seems to happen literally on panel, I think that's really cool. Uh, but man, Bagley's Bagley. Like it's it, it just it it doesn't work for me. The backup was pretty good. Much much more interesting than the main story to me. I I I like the art a little bit more. I thought you got the faces a bit more right. Um, and uh, he did some interesting stuff with the uh, with the panel design. There was the, especially the shot, where it looks like it's the superior pan, like the, the, the which the arms. The, yeah, the arms are coming out from the back, but it's actually just showing the passage of, you know, some action movement. Yeah. Inventive. Good stuff. I like that. Um, but there's not a lot here. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I, I know that there were probably a lot of people that were massive fans of Superior that were hoping for something meaningful to come out of this, and I just don't think that that's the idea. I really don't. I really, really don't. But you want to talk about new? Well, we can get into a new horror story, a Christmas story, I should say, by James Tinian and Joshua Hickson with... Hassan Otsman El Hau on the letters. And this is a book that feels exactly like what you would expect uh, James Tinian would write about if he were telling a story that in any way, shape, or form uh, was meant to take place during Christmas time. Does it have anything to do with Christmas? No. Does it have anything to do with being gay? Yes. Does it have anything to do with horror? Very yes. 
those are those are the the uh, the the Tinian hallmarks, and I don't even I'm not saying that in any way to denigrate it. This book is fantastic because it does all of the things that Tinian does so well, and it feels like he really took. I mean, this is um, I'm not sure if this feels like an extended book. It doesn't feel like standard length, um, and he take he really takes his time to evaluate and examine the characters that that, he, that he's dealing with. And I thought he did some extremely good uh, character work in the examination of what it could feel like, what it does feel like to be queer or to be different from other people and how sometimes that differentiation can be can be monstrous in the eyes of others. Um, yeah, go yeah. Ahead. Uh, no, and then, I mean, on the art front, man, Hickson is doing some wild stuff. Um, I, I, I particularly like his his style for, um, it's a little, not cartoony, eh, it's a little cartoony, you know, thick, thicker inks, um, but then the, the moments where he needs to be horrific, man, oh man, nails it. Just empty, empty pages. Um, you know, very little space, or rather, uh, a lot of space, and just like smaller figures and models, just makes things feel spooky and scary. Uh, I, and tied with uh, Tinian's words, yep, give it to me. Yeah, um, there was a lot to like here. We kind of bounce around between a couple of different timelines. Uh, you've got seventy three. And then you've got 2023, um, and there's a, a horrific <laughs> murder uh, that happens back then that kind of plays into the present day and what's been going, what's going on with that. Um, there's a reference to Ed Eddie Gein, mm. the the real life murderer, which I always like because it it kind of roots this in our reality. And it makes you think about serial killers. It makes you think about that kind of horrible stuff. And I guess if you know about um, that, then maybe you'll find a little more here for you. I think there was a re was there a reference to the idea that Eddie Gein might have been gay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I don't know anything about him about that that particular person. Um, using. Using that, right? Using the fact that Eddie Gein was gay and tying it into this story where this guy who is doing time for these child murders is being juxtaposed with Eddie, who was gay, helps to sell the idea that, yeah, this guy, of course, would have done that because he's gay. He must have killed these kids. He must have wanted to sexually assault them. He must be the murderer. Um... And it's using the, the 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 real world truth that gay people are. I'm sorry, I was about to say that in a really bad way. The <laughs> the 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 way that people talk about it, the perception, the negative, horrible perception that if you're gay, then that would mean that you are also some type of child predator, um, mm. which is a horrible stereotype. And this book is sort of dealing with that. Well, and I mean, using that same kind of uh that 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 same thought right the the murder here reflects back on gain being like that was my first uh understanding of not understanding but maybe exposure to 
uh, homosexuality. And then mm-hmm. this guy, Michael, similarly has that first experience. Like, oh, that's the first time that I had ever heard or considered the concept and uh, juxtaposed with the fact that they're a that they are monstrous people. Uh, it, it was hard for him as a child to take that and separate the concepts and 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 it deals a lot with him trying to figure that out and and realize no like those are those are independent issues and i have to treat them as such it is just unfortunate that this also gay man committed these crimes yeah this the interview that 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 happens between the 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 primary uh character michael right um and you know randall olsen this this killer that's a phenomenal Whew, that is a really great, re- well-written conversation. Um, yeah. It's raw. It's honest. It's clearly Tinian talking about himself in some ways. Um, the way that you can clearly tell that we're supposed to think about him is this little exchange. So I'll, I'll share it with you guys now. Uh, Randall, the, the inmate. But you're not a journalist. You just write little made-up things. Response from Michael. I write comic books. Oh, Lord, deliver me. What? You're going to do the story of a candy-colored Christmas killer going head-to-head against some lawmen in a silly costume? That's not the kind of comic book I write. Not anymore. You should. I bet there's more money in it. You'd be surprised these days. Let me run that back a little bit. You're going to do the story of a candy-colored Christmas killer going head-to-head against some lawman in a silly costume. Obvious reference to Joker and Batman. And then the response oh. is, "I that's not the kind of book I write anymore. Tinian doesn't write Batman anymore. There's more money in it. You'd be surprised. Because Yo. of the rumors that we've learned, of course, about the pay at DC. That's all. I, I, I didn't care. I thought that was just stuck to the story itself. I thought the last two in particular, you know, there's more money to it. You'd be surprised. That was like the conversation outside of that. But yeah. I hadn't made that con- the Batman connection. That's really yeah. good. Yeah. So Tinian letting us into his world a little bit with his thoughts on uh, on that. So the book is a little meta. I think if you are going to read anything different this week, this is the book you get. Yeah. Um. This this was pick of the week for me. Yeah, Same. I think it was for me too. Yes, Same. come on, I Sean. So. I. Yeah. yeah, I think it's different. I think it's interesting, and I think it it sets up stuff that is different and interesting. Yeah, and that that villain too the this this holiday killer. Oh my god, creepy! We only see him twice, I think. Twice, yeah. But those moments work. It's like disturbing. Just a Santa, a, a nasty homeless, a joke, a homeless Joker Santa with a hatchet. He's he's sort of an inverse Santa too. Like he's tall and super thin. Ah, um, yeah. A mask behind the beard. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also, uh, it is. It's about forty pages, so it's also longer. So you're getting. 40 pages for what? What is this? I don't know how much this is. Yeah, this, oh. this one was uh, $5.99. Same price as Superior Spider-Man. Yeah, but, th- but, but Superior Spider-Man is superior. 
<laughs> oh, that's it's got right, Spider that's Boy right. in it. Yeah. Come on. You know that. Um, I, I did want to shout out uh, Hickson's colors, if I'm remembering if he did all of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, one of the things that he does, especially in the 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 earlier pages, is he has he toys with this like light and dark side a lot on on people's faces, and it kind of continues through the issue. Uh, this is on the fourth page, and Sean, if this isn't a great, it's good. Oh yeah. So you can see like light, really, really bright middle, and then he has this whole just darkness on this, and it's it's prevalent throughout sort of the issues, and that's just part of his style. Um, but I think it's used to really good effect later on when you get those horrific moments, even with uh, the the killer was it Russell? Like Randall. he he Randall rather. Like even he has it on his faces. Just good light sources, and then finally when he he shows the uh, the what call it the killer. Or the Santa dude, it's all just shadow, which is in contrast to the rest of the book. So, uh, just yeah, man, this guy's knocking it out of the park. Yeah, this is this is uh, one of the better number ones of the year. I think. I think when we whenever we get around to our best of lists, which should be happening very soon, um, for me at least, I think this will be in that conversation. As far as number ones go, this was great. I just want to point out quickly to the um, the earlier pages in the flashback at the farm with the um uh the the snow covered pages um over overnight uh the police the police absolutely cars? incredible yeah no 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 where we first see the Santa Claus killer oh Okay. Just how um, sticky those snowflakes look, and yeah, Ooh, yeah, looks, I got you. That looks great. And again, oh, the 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 light source up into the the darkness, man. And the rest yeah. of the page, it's only on one page too, but the whole two page spread is the snow. Yeah, yeah. Good stuff. All right, yeah. let's let's get into the listener pick. So every single week. We give you guys your say. You guys get to choose one book that we review on this podcast by heading to youtube.com slash the comics pals under the community tab and voting in the listener pick poll. This week, you guys wanted us to review The Outsiders number one. It received a landslide of support from you all. Uh, Actually... I just want to share this because I was kind of surprised by it. It got 45% of the vote. 45% of the vote. Completely trouncing Wesley Dodd, Sandman, Green Lantern, and Speed Force. That's so, messed up. Well, I hope you're proud of yourselves. Our, our listeners are, uh, are very proud of themselves. Whether they should be, in this case, is a different matter. A matter we're about to get into. This was written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly, the writing duo, with art by Robert Carey, and colors by Valentina Taddeo, and letters by Tom Napolitano. So this book uh, is it's, it's The Outsiders, really a name only. This doesn't have anything to do with the core concept of The Outsiders, and in this case... We're following um, Batwoman, and we're following Luke Fox, who is 
apparently insanely rich. I, I, I guess I missed that memo. Um, and they are going to be righting the wrongs and uncovering the secrets of history somehow, some way. Uh, why? Because. Yep. Yep. And, and do, you, do you really need a reason to uncover the mysteries of the world, Sean? Uh, no, but you need a reason for me to buy that, you know. This, this, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Well, I was, yeah, yeah, I was gonna, like, it just, it takes two characters that, I mean, are only sort of title-worthy, right? Batwoman and Batwing. Uh... And then introduces a world famous archaeologist. Uh, a character no nobody's heard of. Drummer. Drummer. I think. Yeah. I I sort of got the impression she might be connected to the reveal at the end. Uh, but uh, I don't. Uh, this, I had a, I had a really hard time with this. <laughs> Clearly, um. So I mean, it's it's a team formation book. We see, you know, there's a, a conversation between Batwoman and Luke where they establish that they're going to do this together. He has to sort of try to convince her to join. She beats up some goons and decides, you know what, I got nothing better to do, so uh, I'll hang around for this, you know. Uh, this team up. Then we get introduced to Drummer, a character who we've never heard of before, at least I've never heard of before. Seems to be new. Couldn't care less. Um, and they go on a mission. And to be truly honest, I'm not even really sure what, why they were doing it, what they accomplished, um, and why it was so important to do. This was this was really puzzling. I just Googled, uh, and the drummer is a character from the Wildstorm universe. Um, okay, so it is connected. Off of planeta uh, Planetary. All right, just go ahead and say it then. <laughs> uh, but it's a man, so this one they gender swapped. Yeah, remember. Oh, oh no, uh, no, this is why comics are bad, oh no. Paul Goyle or... The guy uh, we we did it who did the article that we that's talked right, about this right. past week on the show. Oh right, talked about yeah. all the gender swaps and ruining comics. And and you know what? I think that's why we didn't have a good time with this book. You know. <laughs> you know what? A gender swap didn't ruin this comic, um, but some other things certainly did. I'm just not sure why I'm supposed to read this. There's no hook. There's no it hook. It was very much just okay. We're meeting, we've met. Hey, I'm gonna recruit you. And and I I, I was expecting like you know a few pages in. Oh, cool, cool. This is gonna be the recruitment issue. Like let's get a, the the whole team together. But it's like it's just these three. Lucius is sort of in the background, and I'm like, wait. But you said there's like four people, uh, and we're still only hanging out with three. And yeah, to your to your point, I I, I don't know what the goal was here. Like, sure, it'll get revealed. Um, but I feel like it lacked context needed for us to engage with the fact that they were about to die. 
I didn't care that they would have potentially lost Drummer getting shot or Luke Fox might have gotten hit by a blast or, you know, Batwoman was going to potentially be taken out. Like, there, there weren't, uh, they weren't worthy stakes. Yeah. Uh, Amin Perez says it should have been Batman and the Outsiders. We've gotten Batman and the Outsiders, you know, and that was great. The Brian Hill stuff was great. Maybe the Outsiders just need to be on ice, you know, or maybe they need to wait until someone has like a really sick idea for the actual Outsiders and not just use the name to use the name. This was rough. Hmm. Easy pass. I'm I'm genuinely having a hard time to find it a different word for this. But a lot of this just for me felt like I feel like I've seen like bad indie comics that are better than this. I I just like I felt like the art was bad. I felt like the lettering here was bad. And I and the story is just like we say. It, there's nothing here. I, just, I I I I feel sort of amazed that something like this came out of a big two in this the year of our Lord twenty twenty three. It's funny that you mentioned the the lettering uh, as I had opened to a random page, and there were just moments where. Uh, I'm going to use this as an example and then you can see it, but there's just like consistent bolding here where usually it's one word, maybe two, but it's like whole fragments of sentences. And then the following one doesn't have anything. There's a bit of inconsistency. This little school licked thing over here is, yeah, I actually had to notice until you call that out. It's pretty standard fare. Hmm. Yeah, this was this was uh, not 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 your finest hour, listeners. You 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 picked a dud. We had we had a a a, a universal pick of the week, and a universal pass on the listener pick. So just a total fail. But it's your fault. It is. It is. But <laughs> you know what? Looking at the poll options this week, I'm not gonna lie. Like Speed Force probably wouldn't have lit us on fire either. But uh, Wesley Dot Sandman probably would have been pretty good. Yeah. Did I buy it that? Yeah, I yeah. That. Did you really? I think I did. I bought way too many comics this week, dude. Honestly. Honestly. You have to, to just take a loan out from Bean. Yeah, it was it was it was just a crazy like I should pull my stack aside. It was crazy. When I got rung up, so let me say this, right? I don't even want to say this, but let me say this. I got I got rung up, right? And this motherfucker, this oh. Midtown employee, says $89 to me, right? Oh. And I clutch my chest. Yeah. <laughs> my pearls. Not my pearls, my chest. Because it was bursting out. Because I could not believe the highway robbery. I couldn't believe it. I was reflecting. What did I buy? What did I buy? <laughs> I bought I bought a lot more than four. It was too many comics. I need help. This is what I need. I need to organize what I'm pulling, right? 
what I want to continue pulling and what I want to cut. I looked at I looked at uh, Uncanny Avengers on Wednesday, and I was like, wait a second, am I gonna buy this? I don't even read this. I, like, there's like four issues in. I read the first one; it was all right. Should I buy this? I was like, no, nah, I'm not gonna buy it. I walked away. I was like, I'll buy it. And let, let me just buy this last one. Let me see if I let me read the other two. Yep. Get to this one. See if I still like it. And then if I don't like it, I'll stop buying it. Dear listener, let me tell you the truth. Until I'm not I'm not reading issue two or three. I'm going to go next month, and I'm going to be like, hmm, I bought the fourth issue, right? So I guess I just buy the next one. I'll get around to it. Yeah, man, maybe you should take up smoking or something. Like, that would be, frankly, at this point, that would be cheaper. Yeah, but I'd die quicker. Would you? Oh, really? You, Paper's you, super you, flammable, too. Like <laughs> You went to the store going... Mitch, I should I should just get issue four while I'm at it, you know. <laughs> I'm impressed. Those X books starting to add up now. You got that damn right. Listen, we we got to do something because I look. I bought I bought I got two copies of. <laughs> I got two copies of Inferno. I'm not talking about issue one, two, three. I'm talking about the actual hardcover. I bought two copies of that hardcover. For absolutely no reason other than I forgot that I ordered it. And the shit came in the mail one day. And I was like, wait a second, when did I order this? And I looked, oh, yep, turns out I did. And I bought a copy from Midtown, so I double dipped for no reason. Waste. I need help. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if you remember. uh, And most of our listeners probably don't. But when uh, X of Swords were coming out, you pre-ordered that off the first issue. I have it. I have it. That that was, I opened that box up. That was my most shameful opening. My most shameful box opening. Like, why do I have this? I don't want this. It's yeah. useful as a bludgeon, though. I'll tell you that. <laughs> as a doorstop. <laughs> yeah. Matt, <laughs> Matt, uh, Matt in the chat coming out to for for your uh, to help you out, Sean. He's saying uh, we need intervention. He says, bro, we got to build you a system. I've been there. Spend that money in places that bring you genuine joy. You're right. You're absolutely right, Matt. It's like playing Russian roulette with these fucking comics. Like, I could say, like, hey, uh, Lansing and Kelly, right? They've done great work in the past. Should I bet $5 that Outsiders number one will be good? Oh, took a bet. Bad bet. It's every week. Got to bring it to your chest. You got to go, you guys, like, does it bring me joy? No. Of That's course it. not. But I don't know that before I buy it. Well, I kind of do. Uh, I I do. <laughs> you know you know what, uh, Sean? With the with, you should just walk into the store with your dice and like anything above a six, it's like fine. If you're undecisive, just roll above a six. But knowing you have good rolls, flip a coin, gotta, bro. You got to skew the system. If it's above a six, you don't buy it. What? What are you saying? Flip, flip a coin. Like, what? Oh, Why uh, make yeah, it so complicated? Yeah. Actually, you're, you're right. <laughs> I was giving you the same odds, but just with more numbers. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I should. It, it. I. I might as well flip oh, a coin. Boy. I might. What happened? Kristen. Kristen says uh, I'm storing my comics right now, and my X books are a problem. Sorting night terrors was my most shameful box opening, literally minutes ago. 
Christian, what happened, bro? I see you in the chat. You listen to this show. You should have known better. Why would you do that to yourself, bud? Night terrors. Night terrors. Listen, you want me to tell you what would be my night terror? I, I, My night terror would be someone hands me a Christmas gift, a, a box for Christmas, and I unwrap that shit, and inside is a night terrors omnibus. I didn't even buy it, and I would be pissed off. I don't want that shit on my shelf. Mark, we'll go ahead and cross that off our list. We yeah, I was about to. Yeah, sure. yeah, actually, yeah. I, I just pulled up the the, yeah, the sheet. You guys want to see my stack this from this week? I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, show. Do I'll, it. Yeah. Do I'll, it. Okay. Yeah, All right. It. Okay. Okay. Reveal. Give us the reveal, bro. Because okay, I don't know. We gotta, uh, Marco. We gotta do something about this. This is nuts. You want to <laughs> see a this problem, dude? This bullshit I did. Okay. So outside of the five books that that we read for the show, right? Of course, we got those. Okay. This. I'll show the full stack because it's more impressive. This is the full stack. This is the full stack. Now, it's a lot of comics. I know if you're listening on just, just you know, audio only or whatever, it's a it's a ton of books. We're going to go through them right now because why not? That's uh, probably what, 15 comics? Let, let, okay, 20? let's see. Let's see. I'll, I'm going to run through them fast so you guys wait, can keep wait, the wait, count. Wait. What? Let, let, yeah. let's, take, let's take bets. All right, bets in the chat, okay? Over under. How, how many books... Uh, and I'm going to guess 17. I'm going to go for the full 20. I'm going to say 22. Whoa. Yeah, 22. Whoa. All right. All right. So let's let's get it. Here we go. Um, the five books we read for the show. I'll put, I'm just going to put those aside. Uh, Red Sonia. Don't judge me. I fucking love Red Sonia. Normally, I just get the, the regular covers. But uh, this week... Uh, I couldn't help myself. Um, Uncanny Avengers. I already talked about it. It was a mistake. Um, Batman and Robin. I love Shush, of course. Got to buy it. Uh, Detective Comics. I don't even know what's happening in that book. Danger Street. I have no idea what's happening in that book. Uh, Green Lantern, number five. That's pretty good. The Ministry of Compliance. I have no idea what this is. Um, I, I, I literally have no idea. I didn't see a solicit. Nothing. I saw it on the stands. I looked at it. I said, eh, solid cover uh, written by John Ridley. All right, I'll buy it. Five ninety nine okay. later, I have regrets. Um, I got The Call. That's been great. Hexagon Bridge. Uh, Blade. Blade's been, Blade's been awesome. Love Blade. Uh, Daredevil. Still pulling Daredevil. Ghost Rider. Jean Grey. Now, someone asked me, have I been keeping up with this? Absolutely not, but I have every issue. Uh, Dark X-Men, I don't know what's happening in that. Uh, Children of the Vault, I don't know what's happening in that. So how many is that? I got 15. That was 15, yeah. Ah, Damn. There you go. Comics are expensive, what you thought. I said well, $89, guys. Actually, no, wait. Well, Kale got it, because 15 plus the other five. Oh! On the oh, nose. That's 20, baby. Oh, my God. It really was 20. Holy shit. Why did Damn. I do that? What the hell? I'm going to tell you right now. Out of all those books that I said I bought, out of all those ones I just showed you, I know what's happening in less than half. Yeah. You got to get around to it. You're going to come back to it. Amin in the chat says, uh, Sean buying comics like the industry is going to collapse tomorrow. Listen, it's my responsibility. <laughs> we have to do our part. We have to save this industry, damn it. 
and and now with the comicsology going away bro i don't know how to get my my digital uh, subscriptions and stuff now i'm gonna have to probably go to the store more often yes they need you they need you we're back i i, I clearly i need an intervention guys I've seen I've seen the 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 placement holder of all the books. You know what, Sean? I love you, bud. We'll get you help. That's nothing, Marco. That's nothing. No nothing one will to... ever see my real comics collection. <laughs> yeah. Compared to the what is it the the VHS of all the wrestling stuff too? Yeah. Oh, that's what I want to see. No one will ever see that. <laughs> that's that's insanity. That's like you need help type stuff. Sean's got one of those CD, um, uh, 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 what do you call them? The, um, the, uh, storage places that you drive up into, you know, that are real secretive. You got a padlock on the door. When he, when he goes, people are going to have an auction on it. On my VHS tapes, where I taped Raw, SmackDown, and Real Sex from HBO in the 2000s. Um, no one wants those. We left that part out. Well, <laughs> if you wanted, uh, I mean, I was, I was, you know, ten years old. Um, Matt Murphy says this is what led me to leaving the industry, therapy, and almost fatherhood. <laughs> oh, uh, hey, look out! Uh, I mean, all those. Th- well, I don't want to leave the industry, but the other stuff sounds good. I'm I don't know. Down for Therapy's great, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, Cliff, first time we've seen you in the chat. What's up? Thanks for uh, thanks for showing up. Not the first time. I was just responding. No? To that. Oh, okay. I, hadn't, I, I don't think I've seen that name. Sorry. Anyway, Geiger, one of my favorite comics I actually own of all time. Made me mad it hasn't continued, and I can't wait for the rest of the universe. Haven't read Junkyard Joe. You should read Junkyard Joe, Cliff. Go get that. Junkyard Joe's awesome. Uh, Q Lumbo, thank you, Sean. You've inspired me to finally cut down my pull list. That's my message today. My message today is cut down your pull list because you don't want to end up like me. Who in their right mind? Why would I buy? Why would I buy 20 comics in a week where I didn't even give a damn about a majority of them? Brother, you got to cut down on your comics so that you can come back to comics another day. Right? Like, you got to run from the battle so that you can come back and fight another day. <laughs> Dude, it's it's insane. It's insane. I don't know. I don't know how to get a handle on that. Maybe I do need to speak to Matt privately. Maybe he's got some help for me. Um, in all seriousness, though, how are you guys managing your polls? Marco, I know you... Not, not your physicals, because I know how you are, but like... Like, are you like spending money out of control on comics or what? Am I alone? Uh, no, I've. Uh, I want to say the past year, probably, I have my subscriptions, uh, or I set subscriptions to stuff that I know that I'll. <laughs> I I like to say that I'd like to continue reading, but I'm I'm behind on stuff like X Men. I'm behind on stuff like uh, Wolverine Saga, but those are like the big staple books that I have. Otherwise, uh, I'm, I as I catch up. I decide whether or not I want to keep reading it, um, and then if I've if I've caught up to a point where it's like, oh damn, you know, I still have you know ten issues of this thing, but I know one hundred percent I'm not liking this run. I'll 
pause it, catch up, uh, and then decide again. But as of right now, I mean, it's been almost week to week sometimes of just like buy, 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 maybe a pre-order. And actually now I, I don't even know. I haven't done it for this week because I bought it physical. Uh, so I need to check the app to see what that even looks like. I've never pre-ordered a comic in my life. Um, it's the advantage of digital. If there is an advantage, I guess. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad you've got a handle on on your your comic situation. I, I wouldn't say handle because uh, if anybody goes to see the the images of uh, the books I bought over at uh, SPX, I have a problem. Okay. I yeah, don't know. His, pro I, I... his problem is he's trying to support the indie community all by himself. <laughs> Literally single-handed, dude. And those are pricey books. I love them. But uh, a 20-page, you know, independent story of an independent publisher for $20? <laughs> no can do. Uh, Amin Perez, we need you, Sean, for when Night Terrors 2 comes out. That is my Joker moment. No way. No way. Yeah, I'm, I'm present in the chat. Trade waiting makes that, that's a lot of sense. That's me, baby. When was the last time I was at a comic book store? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so then what's on your radar then? I Like I say, I don't even know. I read stuff for the show. Oh, that's not true. Uh, I don't know. I forgot. Manga is definitely you. You have the Shonen app, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Manga popping off. Yeah. But I can't. I can't do Chainsaw Man because I'm gonna have to binge that. I know if I get started on that, I'm gonna have to uh, really slam it. I can never remember the other stuff. That's the problem with trade waiting because I can never remember anything I want. <laughs> That's why I don't do it, and that's why I would not be able to keep up with this industry if it made a genuine switch, because I just don't... I never, ever, ever buy trades, unless... I buy trades of stuff I already own, because I'm a sick double-dipper, um, or a book that was released that way, if it's very, like, if it's, like, very talked about, like it's like it's lonely at the center of the earth. But all those like Marvel, um, Marvel uh, trade specific graphic novel specific releases like Avengers Endless Wartime or Rage of Ultron and pretty much all the Earth One books except for Wonder Woman, I did not buy. I just don't buy comics that way. I don't enjoy comics that way. It's not my bag. Uh... Gavin says, I was told I wouldn't read nearly as much once I started working in the industry, and that turned out to be true. So you're saying I need to get a job in comics, because if you are, I agree. Please and thank you. And uh, it, it's funny because that's something we hear from creators a lot. It's just like, oh, man, I don't know yeah. the last book I've read. Or, or usually it's like friends' books. So you're like proofing and you're you know giving feedback and stuff, which is cool because it's, it's real-time creators – uh, feedbacking to real-time creators, which is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Kale. You got that one. Um, it says, double dipping makes me feel like I'm Bill Gates. 
<laughs> That's hilarious. That is hilarious. Um, yeah, I gotta, I gotta get a handle on my, uh, on my comic book collection. I'm trying to figure out what my next purchase is gonna, like, what Christmas gift am I gonna give to me? And I think it's gonna be uh, War World, the War World collection. Dude, for that, just get the. Oh, but you don't like reading, do you? Never mind. I'm about to say, just get the subscription. You read it all for you. You you pay one price and you read it all for free in a month. Terrible. But then you don't have a cool book. What's the point of getting in the collection? Yeah. No, I know. I don't. It's good stuff, though. I don't want to experience art through a screen. I want to experience art in my hand. You know. Through a digital rendering. It's not a screen. It's a okay. it's a book in my hand. This guy. Kale, whenever you go back to Texas and he, you know, creepily follows you there, uh, you need to learn him something because uh, uh listen, I, he followed me here and I tried to learn him something. <laughs> and I dragged him to a Beatles museum instead. Oh, it's the worst. It's the worst experience of my life. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Fucking hate the Beatles. <laughs> uh, Inquisitor Dre says, "Have you seen the deceased Zombicide board game? It looks real good. That's going to be my Christmas gift to myself. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of that before. Um, if you, um, I don't know if you're allowed to send links in the chat, but I would love to. Um, I would love to see it if you have a link to it. Yeah, what are you guys getting yourselves for Christmas? Uh, Is that a thing? You guys get yourselves things for Christmas." Yourselves things for uh, Christmas? I don't know. I mean, like, you know, maybe you would say, like, uh, maybe it'd be, like, a thing that you normally wouldn't buy for yourself, but it's, like, it's the holidays. Let me just splurge. Screw it. You don't do that? We, we live very different lives. I was brought up incredibly religious, so I don't give myself any pleasure. Fair enough. I can't stop giving myself pleasure. Uh, go ahead, Marco. <laughs> um... I mean, I'm currently in Canada, so I give myself pleasure. Uh, I'm well, going. Yeah, uh, we 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 all know about the divorce. So damn. Uh, I'm <laughs> the gift I give myself is uh, I'm flying to Ecuador, so that's about it. I I and uh, otherwise I I I buy I buy in You're in Canada, like, huh? You're in Canada. Yeah, but I'm going to uh, for Christmas. World Traveler Marco. Gotta love it. Um, <laughs> a PS5 with Spider-Man 2. That's beautiful for you. Ooh, nice. Hopefully you've played Spider-Man 1. Um, uh, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully that works out. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty good game. How do you feel about God of War? Um... Catherine Starr says, I bought myself a couple trades as a treat last week. Which ones? Hold up, brother. Hold up. What you mean, hold up, man? What do you mean? You got you to gotta, you gotta treat yourself. Give yourself some pleasure. What's wrong with that? It's the giving season. Give yourself uh, pleasure. <laughs> I, I, I do want to uh, back to Inquisitor Drace's comment on the, the deceased board game. There was an ad inside... I was trying to find it, um, but the a multiversal game, like RPG, uh, in the and I think it was either Thor or Spider Man, um, 
but that was the first time I've seen an ad and make me click through to a QR code. I'm just like, oh, wait, this is kind of interesting. Uh, what is this? And it's basically like a, a D&D tabletop, just RPG stuff. And uh, I was going to look into it. It's, it looks cool. Wow, an ad got you. And you know what? It was for something related to Marvel. Like they're doing their self-promotion inside. So I guess it worked out. I was just holding up, holding up an entire business on his back. <laughs> Marketing. <laughs> right. <laughs> the only. Look, I got to look out for my bros. I got to make sure, dude. And you know what? Oh, I, uh, there was a Lego ad inside. And I remember I reflected on our conversation being like, you know, or, or, actually, actually, an adult might buy a Lego set. Never mind. I take that back. Only adults can afford Lego sets. Are you fucking kidding me? You know what? You, that tracks. Bro. Uh, so I'm back at the toy store. I don't know if the listeners know. I'm back at the toy store. Went back. And uh, apparently I'm in charge of the Legos now. Do you know how much an at, a Star Wars at-at is worth? 750 pounds. 750 of your hard-earned currency. Wait, what? Insane. How how many pieces is that? Not $750 worth. You know what, Kale? It probably is. That's the funny part. Like, not that it's worth that in the sense that that should be the cost, but those pieces are very specifically priced and everything else. My uncle is obsessed with Lego. He has, you know, like human-sized people built out of Lego mm. in his house. Your uncle lean. <laughs> <laughs> My uncle is not lean. Um, well, no, that's his name. Right. Uh, yeah, so no, those Legos are insanely expensive. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's wild. Well, and they're so specialized now, too. Like, you, you know, uh, a box of a regular Lego is just few and far between. Legos are just model kits now. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be big on them. Uh, Matt says, I bought Optimus Prime for $150. Yeah. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah, but it's probably not even the the real size one, so whatever. I need some cool... For $150, it'll probably be... You know, nothing. Action figure size. Yeah. Barely bigger than a Gundam model. It's insane. It's insane. I need some cool toys. I got to buy some toys. I don't have that obsession right now, but it's coming. I, I've never gotten into it. it. It's like, it's it's whatever. It's like, even, even Gunpla stuff, it's like, meh. Wow, Marco doesn't like toys. Big location, shot. Location, location, location. <laughs> he said he said he never got into them. I'm saying I'm they surprised. got into him. <laughs> okay. Yo. I'm just saying there's a thin line. That's all I'm saying. That's right. That's right. And I, I guess I didn't specify the toy, right? Right. Yikes. Bionicles. Well, Culumbo said for Christmas, I'm getting that Link Link's box set. For the eighth year running. So Lynx is uh, Axe, basically. Body uh, spray? Yeah. Oh. And it's a big deal here to um, 
this is the uh the thing to give here for your uh average male you know it's just a lynx box set um can't wait to get mine i'm sorry to q lumbo and i'm sorry to you kale you you both deserve better i would not be happy yeah. if i got a lynx box set another lynx box set <laughs> eighth year in a row yeah the eighth year in a row at that like like would a one would the would would one year supply i guess not one year supply but the christmas box that you get in one year would you even use it in the year i wouldn't i hate this stuff <laughs> i hate body spray q lumbo i want to know if you use well do you use it at all and would you use it in a year oh he says it's torturous so yeah. there you go there you go he still has cecil has seven unopened <laughs> uh, well, I guess one would just re-gift, right? Everybody's Ooh. getting one. Yeah, to who? Yeah. Well, I, I, oh, right, yeah. Well, what if it's just the same Lynx box being shared amongst, like, independent families? Just, here you go. Mom's buying, mom's buying five for every male in, in the family. But all the males, six months later, will give them to each other as like birthday gifts awful i don't even like getting clothes for christmas oh i'll take clothes yeah i'm kind of i like that i appreciate yeah, that. that i think my thing is for christmas my my whole family they they all do the very generic oh you like superheroes right and it's all just like you know the the stuff you find at Target, or you know, or you know, in 2010 that you would find in Target. So it's like, you know, nothing. <laughs> so you have to go back in time to buy a shitty gift from Target. Yeah. To give, yeah, it's it's, it's pretty bad. I'm I don't get those kinds of gifts, thankfully, because I have a small family, and um, they already know. Our, our family is like, tell me what you want, basically. Yeah. I think yeah. that's way better. We do uh, we do experiences. So it's like, oh, we'll go to a play. Or, oh, we'll go to uh, uh, rock climbing or something. Because like, it's, it's like the tight-knit family here. So we'll do that instead sometimes. <laughs> Got the towel with the Batman logo already. Right had as many of those as i do Link's body sets <laughs> the worst christmas gift that i ever got that was superhero related was the iron man video game really bad for playstation 3 really terrible one year i got uh a history of comics like great big like coffee table book and it was like the year I before I left for college. And I also got a weight set and a socket wrench set. And that was all I got for Christmas. What? You got socket like, wrenches? I had socket wrenches. Damn, that's cool. It's like 15 years ago now. But, but maybe not the... Mm, it's not the worst gift, but I think it's the, the one that got put the least thought into it. Uh, my uncle one year... He like happened to be uh, visiting 
I think from Florida or something. And he's like, oh shit, that's right. It's Christmas. Uh, He like digs into his wallet. He's like, here's 20 bucks. Like, I love you, dude. <laughs> and, and it was like, so like, like expressly on purpose for it. It was really funny. I mean, I would you rather get $20 or a Lynx box set? Right. No, for sure, for sure, for yep. sure. I'd rather get twenty dollars all day. Yep. Give me the cash. Yeah, like the links, the links box set is like it's so, like there's even somehow even less thought put into that than just cash. <laughs> well, cash is uh, is like up to me, right? Like I get to it's a make your own gift. I love that. Choose your own gift. Give me that shit. I have. All right, I'll show you guys. I have. So my aunt loves to give me um, like gift cards and things like that. So I have right now in this is in my wallet and I'm pulling them out. I have not one, not two, not I have one, not one, not two, but three Outback gift cards, three. And I want to tell you that I have gotten these Outback gift cards many times. Do I use them? Sometimes, but these three are unused over the course of years. Do you want to know why? Because I don't go to Outback like that. I just keep getting these gift cards. Mail it to my house. I'm about to. I'll be in Texas. I'm going to Outback Steakhouse. Well, you want to know something, Kale? The Outback near me that I would go to is fucking closed. So I can't even go. And the way I found out is I went all the way over there after New York Comic Con. On Sunday, or yes, on Sunday, to try to have a dinner, and the shit was closed. I couldn't even get my gift cards off. Damn it. Right, the 2013 one, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gone forever. Have I told... I I, I had a... Well, um, this is unrelated. We we don't have to go into it. Random experience at that. At that specific Outback. Yo, I'll tell you about an Outback experience. (laughs) I'll Let's tell go. you about an Outback experience right now. I went to Outback Steakhouse in 2010. And all right. So I, I go, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm going to the bathroom. Yeah. Listeners, this is how the best Sean story starts. <laughs> Strap in. <laughs> I'm going to the bathroom. And I see that there's a table, but there's like, it's like really packed in and it's like kind of like, it feels like, um, like there's like, it's like, a, it's like two tables together and there's a lot of people there and they seem to be centered around a person. So I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? So I'm trying to pay attention, but not pay attention at the same time. And I realize that sitting at the table at Outback Steakhouse in 2010 is none other than than the 90s slash 2000s artist known as Ja Motherfucking Rule. Yo, what? Ja Rule. You saw Ja Rule? I saw Ja Rule at Outback Steakhouse. In 2010. Yes, (laughs) just hanging out with his entourage. Ja Rule. My man needed a blooming onion. Listen, I understand it. I was trying to get my friend, my friend and my brother, you know, they wanted to be rappers. So I said, go piss the Ja Rule. Go spit right now. Don't spit in his blooming onion, but go, go give it a shot. Of course, you know, they didn't, uh, they didn't have it in them. They didn't have the intestinal fortitude to go spit for Ja Rule. 
Oh, I wouldn't. You wouldn't? No way. No, I'm not a dinner. <laughs> no, of course not. That's horrible to do. Damn, Catherine in the chat. I thought you were about to say when you met Tupac. No, I met Tupac at Comic-Con. <laughs> Stop, bro. What do you mean? There's a picture of me and Tupac right now on the Patreon. And I met him in 2006 or 2007. Go see it. It's right there. I've seen it. I've, I've met a lot it. of famous people in my life. Tupac, Ja Rule, CM Punk, The Wrestler. A lot of people. I I, I had, uh, uh, had ordered a milkshake at Outback. I might have told you guys this. And uh, came in. It's totally fine. You know, you're... Uh, I start poking at it at the straw because you, you want to mix in the, some of the ice cream bits. There's like a, a, a lumpy part at the bottom. You're just like, oh, okay, I guess it's, you know, maybe it was frozen or something, whatever. So sip, sip, sip. Starts going down and then you start to, start to see at the, at the bottom, there's like a little bit of like like black specks or something oh, in the no. in the milkshake. And I'm like, mm -mm. maybe it's vanilla bean, you know, mm -hmm. like it's it's fine. So keep keep kind of mixing it, but it's still clumpy at the bottom. Like that's weird. Mm -mm. What's going on? Sipping, sipping, sipping. It's a wrap. Uh, no, <laughs> and then uh, I get close enough to the bottom. And I'm like, okay, this this can't continue to be ice cream. It has to be something else. And uh, I spin it a little bit, and against the the glass of it is like numbers and stuff. And I'm like, this is a crumpled up receipt that just got stuffed to the bottom. Oh my! God. Somebody just took a glass, did not clean it, and just fucking poured a milkshake inside and said, "Here you go, drink up, drink up." That is absolutely gross. Not very, very it. nasty. Um, Gavin saying Sean could have used that money at the comic shop. Yeah, tell my aunt that she gives me. I have I have like five AMC gift cards on the table right now. Um, I just have gift cards all over the place. And when I told her about the Outback situation, I said, "See, this is why these targeted gift cards are not the best gifts." She said, "Oh, so give them back to me because I got I got people that live." near other outbacks and i'm like auntie you gave me you gave me these gift cards as a gift right i can't use them and instead of you know buying into my woe you tell me to give them back to you so you can re-gift them what type of shit is that he said fine motherfucker i'll take them <laughs> oh man yeah. i'll give him the jaw rule hey guys we got to get out of here thank you so much uh it's been a lot of fun appreciate you hanging out for palace pulls you guys are the realist. Uh, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash the comics pals is the best way to do that. You want to see a picture of me and Tupac, you can do that over there. Um, you know, you want to read what's on Marco's Spotify playlist, you can do that. Uh, if you want to vote in the uh, poll for the book club, the upcoming book club, well, I guess that's over. Um, Sin City won, but um, you guys could do that for future polls. Uh, lots of fun stuff happening over on our Patreon page. Channel memberships are open on YouTube. So if you want to support us further, get some emojis for the chat. Uh, get some exclusive video um, that you can't get any other way right now. Um, you know, just us talking about topics and comics that don't make the show. Um, evergreen topics, things like that. Short, bite-sized episodes. For those of you who've been clamoring for that, that's the way to get it. Watch this show live on youtube.com slash thecomicspals every single Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Saturdays at 10, 15 a.m. Eastern for the main show. We're going to be talking MCU 
and a lot of other things on the main show this week. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you all so much for sticking around and talking to us. Appreciate your energy, your vibes, and your love. Until next time, we're the Comics Pals signing off. Take care, guys. See you next week.